Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend the steel in his bare hands and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, have you ever seen a squadron of American bombers roaring through the air in formation? Have you seen newsreel pictures of Uncle Sam's destroyers cutting through the seas as they patrol in search of enemy subs and surface raiders? I'm sure you have. And I'll bet you were thrilled. You probably felt terribly proud, too. Well, if you've been buying war-saving stamps regularly, you have a right to be proud. Not only because those planes and those ships represent the fighting spirit of America, but because you helped to build them. Yes, sir, every time you bought a war-saving stamp, your money helped buy the labor and materials that are used to make planes and ships and equipment to knock out the Nazis and the Japs. The next time you hear some boy or girl on your block say, Shucks, what difference can one dime make? You tell them every dime does make a difference. It makes a big difference. Tell them, for instance, that if every boy and girl in the United States bought just one ten-cent war-saving stamp every day, it would add up to enough money to buy a lot of swift pursuit planes with which our Army and Navy forces could blast the Axis out of the air. And while you're at it, you might remind them that another way all you fellows and girls can help to win this war is to put back into circulation all the pennies and nickels you've been saving in your piggy banks and tin cans and glass jars. Because, as you know, when you put a lot of these coins away, it causes a shortage of them. And in order to make more, the mint would have to use a lot of metals that are vital to America's war effort. Metals used to make guns and tanks and planes. So get permission tonight to break open your coin bank. Then take those coins and turn them in for war-saving stamps and bonds. In that way, you'll be doing your country a double service. Remember, a stamp a day will pave the way to victory. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, Superman and his guys of Clark Kent, together with Lois Lane, Perry White, and Jimmy Olsen, is aboard a tanker which had rammed Dr. Cameron's submarine in mid-Atlantic. Soon after boarding her, our friends discovered that although the tanker was running, there was no one aboard, except the dead captain of the vessel. In our last episode, they were shocked to find a strange person in the pilot house, an aged man dressed entirely in seaweed. The man, who appeared to be crazy, was captured by Kent, securely bound and left there while they continued their investigation of the strange ship. Later, when our friends returned to the pilot house to question the old man... But wait. Listen. There's the man lying on the floor. The strange old man, dressed entirely in seaweed. Clark, 
Do you really think he's the old man of the seaweed? Well, it's fairly obvious, Lois. Also, it's apparent, according to the ship's log, that he's the man who killed the captain. Not only killed him, but sat him at the head of the table in the dining saloon. Seems pretty clear to me that he's the man behind this mystery. He ought to be able to tell us everything we want to know. What happened to the crew of this ship? How come it was running all by itself and everything else we want to know? Yes, I think he'll be able to tell us a great deal. <laughs> Not moving, just lying on the floor there where we left him. Yeah, probably passed out. Well, we'll soon wake him up. All right, friend, snap out of it. Come on, now, we... What in the world? Clark, what is it? Oh, great heavens. I went to pick him up with a collar and look. Mr. Kent, you're just holding a big bunch of seaweed in your hand. There's no man there at all. Good heavens. What I thought was a man is nothing but a pile of seaweed. This is ghastly. Clark, we must be dreaming. You're right, Lois. This is a dream, a horrible nightmare. I see Kent standing there holding a pile of seaweed in his hand. A pile of seaweed we thought was a man. But he's not really there. We're well, just on, out of our Hold mind. on, take it easy, all of you. I am here. This is a pile of wet seaweed I'm holding in my hand, and this whole business is anything but a dream. It's true, every bit of it. But it doesn't make sense, Mr. Ken. It doesn't add up. What's it all mean? I don't know yet, but there must be a logical, sensible solution to it. You can depend on that. Great heavens, Clark. You always say the same thing. Well, That's true, Lois, but remember, he's usually right. But this is impossible. Ten minutes ago, we captured that, that thing you're holding in your hand, and in it we thought it was a man, an old... No, Lois. But you realize what's happened here? Well, what do you mean, Kent? Because we find a pile of seaweed here now, you assume that that was all we had before. The reason you feel that way, we just imagined the old man was dressed in seaweed, is because you're letting the mystery of this ship get you down. Actually, we did capture a man, a man who was dressed in this costume. Somehow, he's managed to escape while we were in the captain's cabin going over the log. Oh, I get it. The guy comes to, unties himself slips out of that suit of seaweed and takes it on the lamb. Inelegantly put, Jim, but that's about it. Oh, golly, what do we do now? We search the ship until we find the man again. Now, Jim, you stay here and... Stay here? Well, golly, no. I want to search the ship with the rest of you. This isn't a game, Jim. It's a very serious business. I want you to stay here and keep that foghorn going. We're in a very dense fog and there's no telling what might ram us. Okay, I'll stay if that's the way I can help. Lois, Mr. White, you come with me. Well, think we dare leave Jimmy here alone, Kent? The old man of the seaweed might get to him and... Uh... No, we'll take care of that. Now, Jim, when we leave here, I want you to lock yourself in. Lock both the doors leading to this pilot house and also the door leading into the captain's cabin. You ought to be safe enough. Oh, don't worry about me. I can protect myself. Good boy. All right, let's go. I'll start that foghorn going right now. All right, Jim. Now, lock the door, Jim. Okay. Hey, uh... Kent, I suggest we split up. We can search the ship in double-quick time that way. All right, but one of us had better stay with Lois. She's no match for the old man of the seaweed in case she meets up with him. That's so. I can handle myself pretty well, if you please, Mr. Kent. And I'm not handicapped as you are by being afraid of my own shadow. I don't doubt it, Lois, but I still think one of us should stay with you. How about it, Chief? Suppose you and Lois search the fore part of the ship while I go aft. All right with me, if you're not afraid to go it alone. Well, I'm not pleased by it, but there's nothing else to be done. I'll see you later in the pilot house. If you find our man, yell out. Yeah, if you do. All right, Lois, we'll tackle the crew's quarters first. Down this companionway and keep your eyes open. Don't worry about me, Mr. White. And you know, I'm so confused, I hardly know which way to turn or what to do next. That portion of the captain's log that Kent read to us keeps going through my head. Mine, too. I keep trying not to believe the part about the first mate seeing the old man of the seaweed crawl aboard out of the sea. And yet I... Oh, I don't know. No, I'm sure I don't either. Here, uh, down this corridor here. You know, it just occurred to me, Mr. White, if the old man should happen on Dr. Cameron's assistant, Nicodemus, who's guarding the dead cat in the dining saloon, it'll frighten him half to death. It certainly will. But we've no time to warn him of that, no. Ah, I think the crew's quarters are just the other side of that door. Let's go in. Dark in here, isn't it? 
I better snap on the light if I can find it. Yes, I'll close the door. Oh, here's the light switch. Well, this place seems to be deserted just like the rest of the ship. You never can tell. You better search thoroughly the bunks, the lockers, everything. What? Great, Scott. Dwight, he must have been standing behind the door when we opened it. Yes. It's the old man of the seaweed. I could never forget that face. Look, that wicked-looking knife in his hand. Wicked and effective, for I am an expert at throwing. Uh, Missed me, but I felt the breeze from it, nevertheless. Oh, look out. He's picking up a heavy wrench. He's going to come for you with that. In which case, I'd better throw this chair. The drive wheels on a locomotive. You see them? I see them, yes. Well, once a man fell from that catwalk up there, need I say what happened to him? Those pistons driving up and down. Oh, no. Ah, yes. You hit me. <laughs> I told you you'd pay for it. And now, now is the time. <laughs> no. No, put me down. You can't do a horrible thing like this. Let go of me. Uh, let go of you, but not before I've thrown you. I told you I was an expert at throwing, and I'm aiming you for that spot right under the downcoming piston. And here you go. No, my friend, here you go. Oh. Oh. Superman. Oh. oh, she's fainted. Well, this gives me a chance to return to my disguise of Clark Kent. Oh, just in time, too. Look, Clark. Clark, what are you doing here? Well, I, uh, I just came down here on a hunch, you might say. A, a hunch that the old man we're looking for was here, and sure enough, I find him out like a light, and you lying here in a faint. Great. I guess I must have been unconscious for some time. I guess you must have. Clark, 
That man lying there. It was horrible. What? He was going to... Oh, I can't bear to think of it. What do you mean? Superman arrived just in time to knock him out and save me. Well, lucky for you. Hey, by the way, where's Mr. White? Mr. White? I'd forgotten about him. He's in the cruise quarters. In the cruise quarters? Yes, this man knocked him out with a large wrench. We'd better get to him yes. and see if he's all right. Oh, but wait a minute. First, I'll turn off these engines before we're pulled off our anchor here. Well, I'll find which one is the right lever. Now, I think this is the lever here. Yeah. Now, let's see. Uh-huh. That was it, all right. Well, that does that. Come on, let's see about White. All right, but... Wait a minute. What? What about... What about that, that man lying there? Well, you said Superman hit him, and if I remember correctly, when Superman hits him, they stay put for a time. There's no need to worry about him. Come on, let's... Stay where you are. What the... Clark. Throw up your hands and don't budge, or I'll shoot to kill. Well, what new development is taking place in our mystery now? Although they thought the mystery ship deserted, our friends found first the old man of the seaweed, and now another stranger. Who can this be? This is truly the most baffling riddle Superman has ever been up against. Why not match your wits with his and see if you can solve it before he does? Be sure to be with us tomorrow for another thrill-packed episode with plenty of puzzles and surprises. Listen, in fact, every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. By all means, don't forget to tune in to Superman tomorrow for another thrilling and exciting episode. And don't forget to talk to Mother and Dad before you go to bed tonight about making arrangements to buy war-saving stamps regularly. Start the day off right tomorrow. Buy at least one ten-cent war-saving stamp first thing after breakfast. Remember what I told you at the beginning of this program. Every single dime is important because all our dimes put together can go a long way to help pay for the guns and tanks and planes and ships we need to knock out the Nazis and Japs. And say, here's an idea for you. Why don't you get together with your friends tomorrow and make a joint pledge to buy war-saving stamps every time you've got a dime? See which of you can buy the most war-saving stamps every week and every month. And that way you'll help Uncle Sam smash the axes. You'll be doing your share to win this war. Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.